Welcome to another episode of Engagement Zone. It's uh, uh, We've had a fast start to 2020, as you'll probably have heard from our other podcasts, uh, where we've been interviewing some of the uh, finalists in the top engaged workplaces in the UK, from Harrods to Sanofi to John Lewis. Um, but today we're we're going back across the Atlantic. Uh, I think Pittsburgh uh, is where, where our guest is based. I'm not entirely sure where, where he is now, but we'll find out soon enough. To, to talk about employee experience, uh, and, and this, this man's a thought leader in this area and has developed a report called Moving Beyond Employee Engagement, the Employee Experience Index. Uh, and uh, we're going to get some views on that area and, and probably start a bit of a debate on it too. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Evan Sider from uh, BetterUp, and he's head of assessments there too. So welcome, Evan. Thanks very much, Matt. And, and yeah, I'm I'm talking to you from snowy but sunny Pittsburgh, uh, US. So uh, great to great to join this discussion. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. We we, we never get the snow in, in England. It's just always cold and wet. <laughs> the, the snow somehow seems to make it bearable. But there we go. Um, so yeah, so we, we started having a conversation at the end of last year uh, before before my cough and loss of voice stopped us having this podcast. So thank you for your patience on that. Um, uh, and I think we've both obviously got a passion around the whole um, uh, experience uh, angle and, and also employee net promoter. But I suppose the best place to start would be your index. You know, why, why did you uh, create this index? What, what, what's contained within it? And, and I would love to learn more about what you've created. Absolutely. So just a just a, a bit of background in, in my role. So I'm head of assessments at, at BetterUp. So we focus on providing a very personalized form of, of, in, of individual development. Uh, so basically applying coaching methodologies at scale. And in the course of doing that, uh, something that our the organizations we, we work with uh, have a very tight focus on and seems to be growing actually over the past uh, few years is on employee experience. And uh, that's that's coming also alongside some fairly troubling trends of higher investment in employee development, leadership development, but not often uh, seeing those returns. Uh, uh, turnover rates are, are, are actually at an all-time high uh, for many organizations. So we felt that a, a new new type of approach, a new way to think about experience uh, was warranted. So uh, we're, we're a heavily scientifically driven company, so we, we thought we could apply some of those approaches here. Uh, so we uh, we conducted a study. We gathered research uh, data from around seventeen thousand working professionals, and so that spans industries, spans functions, spans uh, both leaders and individual contributors. So we worked with that data. Uh, we looked to see a few things. First of all, could we come up with a view of employee experience and what it links to that? Uh, provides a coherent way of thinking about the different concepts, and I can step through the six specific components here uh, in a minute, uh, but that also also allowed us to bring in a more person-centered view of employee experience than, uh, than what we thought was out there. So we thought this could uh, complement and perhaps build on uh, some of the models of experience that uh, don't necessarily capture the, the, the person and individualized side of, of experience. Uh, so that was the the basis for our research. Uh, so working into the what we found, so we found that there were six components that were at the core of employee experience. So when we talk about the index, the index is actually measuring across each of these components. 
so the first of these is authenticity. So uh, we define authenticity as employees who they're inspired to bring their best selves to work every day, uh, their true selves. And we think when that's in place, that's a that's a strong indicator that uh, that a, that they are experiencing a very positive environment in their organization. Uh, the next component is optimism. So this isn't just optimism in a general sense, but actually optimism about the work they do, the challenges that they're uh, they're facing. Uh, this also brings in some concepts around growth mindset. Uh, so that's that's a key component to employee experience. So it, we find that employee experience is maximized when employees are very optimistic about their work prospects. Purpose and meaning. So uh, we've also done some research to show just how both important and lacking purpose and meaning is for, for many individuals. And uh, even in some cases, they would actually trade off part of their salary to have more meaningful work. Uh, so this is work that matters to them, positively impacts the world around them. And uh, we find that to be a key component of employee experience. Uh, social connection is the next component. So that's when individuals have these deep and mutually supportive connections with the work colleagues that surround them. Uh, and then belonging. So when individuals feel and also foster for others, this belonging and mattering, uh, it's a form of inclusivity for themselves and others. Uh, we see that as a very powerful indicator of a high quality employee experience. And then the last component is engagement. So this is a, an interesting topic in itself. Uh, we do find that many uh, we do find that there are some definitions of employee experience that start and to some extent end with engagement. We certainly feel that engagement is part of employee experience, but we felt that it didn't fully capture the breadth uh, of employee experience as, as we thought of it. So, uh, so certainly individuals do need to find their work uh, engrossing, energizing, motivating, uh, but that's, uh, that's not where employee experience ends. And, and actually in the course of our research, after we built this index, we looked to see that employee experience in the broader form actually did extend and predict outcomes like productivity uh, and uh, employer net promoter score above and beyond engagement alone. And we didn't find that. So that uh, for us was, was good research evidence that uh, this broader definition of employee experience was warranted. So, so when looking at the report, I think there was a, a more, more nuanced view of what matters most, uh, areas around access to professional development and, and manager quality. Are you able to go into that at all? Absolutely. So once we had defined the index, we, uh, we wanted to look at what the drivers were of that index. So uh, thinking specifically about actions that organizations can take uh, to influence uh, employee experience. Uh, and we found that the top drivers were, uh, uh, first of all, access to professional development, how recently and current uh, that access was. So uh, we actually found a, a drop off from when someone last had uh, the ability to engage with a leadership development program, as an example. So uh, the further away they were, the further removed they were in time from when they had completed that program, we actually saw that, in, that employee experience dropped. Uh, but if that was relatively recent and something that was seen as a, a current state of access to professional development, we saw that as a strong contributor uh, to employee experience. Uh, manager quality was next. So uh, certainly the, the degree to which someone thinks positively of their manager uh, was a strong driver of employee experience. Uh, we found that uh, experience with uh, a more personalized form of development, something that's more tailored to to them. And sometimes that 
that goes above and beyond a broader training and development program. So um, to whether it's coaching or whether it's uh, a more personalized development program that's built out around your, your goals, your performance uh, standards, and what you're looking to achieve, we found that that was a key driver. Uh, we did find that uh, individuals who were currently leaders uh, were generally experiencing a higher quality employee experience than those who were individual contributors. And I think that's an interesting finding in itself because it suggests that uh, leaders themselves are experiencing uh very positive uh, feelings and impressions of their organization, but they're not really conveying that to others. They're not really cascading it out to uh, their own team members, their own direct reports. Uh, and then the last one uh, was a bit bit interesting. We looked at where, uh, where individuals were actually working in their roles. And uh, we found that individuals who had more flexibility with where they worked, if they were working in a corporate setting, if they were working remotely, uh, or if they were able to interact with others in person. And we found that actually, if they were exclusively in the field or exclusively only working in person, uh, those were actually both a bit lower than individuals who actually blended their time across those settings. And we really interpreted that to a form of, of choice and autonomy with where someone uh, can work uh, in, in, their, in doing their job. So those were the top five drivers of employee experience. So, so going back to the f- the first one around uh, professional development, is that just basically the, the further, the longer the time has passed, they're saying is that is that starting to link towards what am I doing? Uh, the fulfilments being missed, being missed because they're not developing any further. They don't feel like they're actually going anywhere. Um, so, actually, what what's the point of their their, their job? The meaning is lost. Right, right. I think when you pair the the access to professional development with the access to a more personalized form of learning, I think when you pair those together, uh, it brings up this concept of almost hyper-personalized learning. So the, the relevance is there, it's there when you need it. And so that blends both uh, the type of learning, that it's relevant, that it's uh, appropriate and tailored for your specific role and goals, uh, but then also also that it's available to you uh, at your own choosing and something that you can get almost a just-in-time form of guidance uh, for some of the challenges that you're facing. And so our our finding found that when individuals had that form of a very personalized, tailored form of learning, uh, they were three and a half times more likely to report a high employee experience. And we saw that as one of the strongest con- correlates there. And it, it really pairs both the the access and the tailoring of development. How do people get here? How do people um, start to uh, improve their employee experience or even start to put together an employee experience strategy where they might not have one or they want to improve it? Absolutely. So, you know, I think the uh, some often some reconsideration of the, the methods and approaches for providing development. I mean, certainly development itself has value, uh, has tremendous value, but there, there's also a uh, a trail-off point there where it has progressively less value if it's something that's seen as a, a once a year, perhaps a mandatory uh, set of leadership development courses that some might go through. Uh, so I think part of this, I think, is a bit of an audit on uh, the approaches organizations might be taking now. Um, and are there are there alternative approaches? Are there other ways to bring more personalization into that learning? Certainly, uh, some form of regular professional development can be valued, 
can be valuable. And I think our research does still show that, uh, but, but there's less of an impact and really less of, a, 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 less of a lasting impact on employee experience in particular, if that's seen as a more generalized and to some extent not as relevant uh, form of development to a particular individual. Uh, and then of course, the, the nature of having high quality leaders in place uh, is, is key to that as well. If someone is is working with a leader who uh, who lacks the skills to to provide the coaching, to provide the development, to incorporate uh, what someone seeks and is passionate about into uh, how they could do their job, that's uh, that's one of the key drivers as well. So I think each of those uh, are, are are able to be influenced by by many organizations through different routes, either targeting employees directly or, or targeting uh, the broader leadership. I think the last two, the uh, some of the autonomy about where and how work is done, uh, and you know, of course, whether someone is is a leader or not, uh, that's going to vary, and how quickly that can be impacted by a particular individual. But I think it does require, uh, and I think warrants uh, some 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 uh, reconsideration of the the autonomy that exists for someone's work environment. Of course, not every role is going to be suited for. Uh, working in the field or working remotely, uh, but trying to bring in some of that element of, of choice into uh, the work context itself uh, to the degree that could be considered. We would recommend that as another another way to influence the experience. Now, um, some some organizations are starting to, um, some have done for a long time, some are just starting to actually just see that their, their, their people, employees, be, perform beyond the, when they work with, work with them uh so they're actually saying okay how do how can we develop this person because we know they've probably probably got them for two years maybe three maybe maybe a year but how can we develop them and let them move on as you know, more developed more rounded and knowing that they they're not going to be with, the, with them forever and that's kind of a more, more of a rounded view uh, rather than just seeing them as, a, as an employee there and then but in long term do, do you think that's an approach that people can take and, uh, when it comes to development rather than just going for the here and now? Actually, how can we make this person better and make them more fulfilled in the long term? Absolutely. And I think that's a, I think it's a sign of a healthy talent mobility approach where they're recognizing that someone will perform and excel in their current role, but there's a natural uh, pipeline of high quality uh, talent and high potential talent through the organization. Um, ultimately, the the leaders will benefit from the organization growing. So I think it's a way to think uh, think with some of the longer term goals of the organization in mind. And certainly for the individual, him or herself, uh, it shows a very, uh, shows a, a great deal of recognition, respect for someone's own career development, which certainly exists to perform their current role. But uh, looking further out than that, and as we work with individuals on, on in coaching, uh, we find that that career advancement, career development topic is, is really a common thread. And uh, I think the approach you're suggesting is is absolutely aligned with that uh, from the perspective of excelling within your current role, but then also building through these development programs, building the skills that can help you succeed across a range of roles and also exploring uh, what those roles could be either through special assignments or other ways to uh, to get connected in with other opportunities within the organization for their next phase of growth. And if you have that attitude to your people, um, then you know, we, we talk about employee net promoters as a way of measuring um, experience um, uh, internally. If you're creating that advocates 
um, for your brand, for your, for your business, when they do move on, they're going to be recommending you to, to other colleagues and peers as well. They'll have nothing but good things to say about you rather than, no, actually they stunted my development and I wouldn't go there. And I think that, I think there's a lot of positive benefits that, that are beyond the employment sometimes as well that people tend to forget. Absolutely. I think it speaks to the you know, certainly the net promoter score as companies being employers of choice and in, in, in a place that people are going to seek out as a, a place to deploy their, their talents and uh, being an employer of choice. I think all of that starts with uh, some of the foundational characteristics, of course, of, uh, of experience. So the, so the purpose and meaning, the belonging, the social connection. So all of that accumulates uh, for organizations to, to win the, the war on talent and, and be a source uh, of the of, of the high quality experience that many individuals will will seek out. Uh, also, another point that I want to build on from from uh, from your uh, your suggestion is just how important this concept of, of employee experience is for individuals that are already in leadership roles. So we do see this as we built out our research. We see this contagion effect where individuals who themselves have a high quality experience. Uh, they uh, they really foster uh, stronger well-being and positive outcomes with others. So we find that their own team members and their own direct reports, they're rating their uh, their own engagement, job satisfaction, resilience, also work-life balance, purpose and meaning. So some of the uh, the stronger, more powerful well-being outcomes associated with work, we see that transfer in place. And as I mentioned earlier, that's not happening for many leaders. Many leaders aren't really translating that experience out to others. But but when employee experience uh, improves, we are seeing that effect. We're also seeing it from an effectiveness uh, standpoint as well. So we are finding that uh, when others, so other peer leaders, for example, or one's own manager, when they're evaluating the agility of a team uh, that a leader is, is responsible for, we see the team agility substantially and significantly higher when the leader's experience is stronger. So it certainly has individual impacts, but we see that impact cascading out to the teams and to the overall organization. It's probably, probably a, a subject for another podcast, to be honest with you, Evan, but um, how, how how do we fix the, how do we stop blockage there where leaders are, are getting having a good experience, but it's not, they're not translating it down to, to, the, to their teams? Right. Well, I think that's where... You know, I think as individuals move into leadership roles because they they excel in the tactical aspects of their role, but they they don't have the motivation to uh, no longer be the technical expert or to um, to manage others that used to be their peers. That's a that's a difficult transition yeah. uh, for many, and uh, I think the. Um, uh, there's often an information discrepancy where a leader has access to information that. Uh, they don't choose to share or don't know how to share it with their team. And I think that creates uh, some of these gaps where uh, some of the positive attributes of organizations, so the connection to organization strategy that uh, leaders often have and, and how they cascade that to others in their team. So how they think about aligning uh, performance and expectations of of their employees, how that cascades into the overall mission and goals and purpose of the organization uh, so I think there's, a, I think we see some of the, when when we dig deeper into the components of experience, so the authenticity, so setting up the, the psychological safety within a team for individuals to express their opinion, to uh, to put in place the concepts around belonging, 
uh, that make sure that individuals, regardless of the diversity of their backgrounds, feel like they can contribute. So, so I think when we decompose the, the, the elements of employee experience, I think it, it speaks powerfully to, unfortunately, a, a gap for many, uh, for many leaders, but also I think an opportunity uh, and something that uh, I think through, uh, through some recognition, through some targeted uh, development accordingly, it, it can have that contagion effect uh, spreading out and, and breaking down that gap between leaders and non-leaders, uh, which, which really should be, uh, there should be a much, uh, much smaller drop-off there from, from leaders to individual contributors. And I think our, our research is, is showing that as well, that when, uh, for those that are really at the top end of, of that employee experience spectrum, we are seeing those positive outcomes. That's unfortunately not the norm. It's more the exception right now, but, but we do see that as a, as a, possible and likely outcome when when that's the focus um just probably la last question for, for, for today um what, what do you see coming uh in in 2020 and beyond is there, is there anything that you see developing out, out uh, beyond the index that you know and the report you've you, you published last year is it what, what, any trends you think it might 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 emerge well, absolutely. Yeah, this is something that, uh, I mean, certainly this topic, uh, it, it is growing in interest. And I think it's growing not only in interest, but in attention and action. And yeah. uh, I think that will will have the effect of, of raising expectations for, uh, for those that are entering the workforce, including for the first time. I, I think that'll create um, some gaps between the organizations that, that do have this in place and can position themselves as an employer of choice who provides this. Of course, uh, many individuals are looking not just uh, to be paid in their job, but to contribute uh, for that purpose and, and mission. So I think those, uh, the organizations who can convey that and authentically convey that, it's not not as simple as just putting it on a on a website or a tagline of a set of values. But uh, increasingly, there's uh, there's a much deeper level of transparency through various sites that uh, that track this information where. Uh, individuals who are considering joining a company can really look beneath the surface uh, at what's what current employees are truly saying. So I think that'll continue to create uh, pressure here. I think it's a, a healthy pressure uh, for organizations. I think it's something that, that can be achieved, but not without uh, some dedicated focus. Um, another trend that I'm I'm seeing coming is, I think, uh, and this is something that will will be borne out in our own research, is uh, an increasingly global perspective on on employee experience, and, and certainly your work uh, exemplifies this as well. So recognizing uh, and, and adapting to some of the cultural factors that play into employee experience, and are there uh, are there distinctions that occur for multinational organizations where uh, the drivers for one region of the world for experience might be different than others? That research, uh, a lot of that's still underway, uh, but I think I see some some positive signs there to take a more global approach to this topic. Well, it def definitely will be cross-cultural differences, and that that would be something we'd love to get involved in too, because we we see them uh, both in behaviours and 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 within within the entries themselves, actually. So that that's something we should probably look take up. But um, the, I just want to congratulate you on the on the report, because I think, as you said at the beginning uh, of today. Um, there's been a lot of money, and there's a lot of money being spent in different places, and not necessarily. Or with 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 the output that they want to see, and I I think there is a, a shift in mindset that needs to take place in the top of organisations before that investment's made. Um, the shift that you know we need to focus on our people and the experience of our people 
but before just throwing throwing money at it. And um, I think if people were to go and look up Evan and and his report, the, the uh, better up. Um, you'll get a great amount of insight. I think you'll get some inspiration and also some real key areas of focus that maybe rather than trying to tackle it, tackle it all in its entirety, maybe you'd be able to focus on on one area that you know needs attention because your your people have told you so. And, and, and that might be one way in to start to get some, some greater investment to develop the experience and, and, and a much wider strategy. Um, do you have any tips for our, for our listeners, Evan, about how, about how to go about getting... Um, an experience strategy going or buy-in from, from leadership? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think from a buy-in perspective, you know, there's, there is increasing evidence that, uh, you know, certainly I feel our research shows this and, and others as well, that this does, this does matter. It doesn't just matter because employees feel better about it. It matters because it helps grow the business. Uh, so I think from a, from a commitment, you know, again, of course, your, your work has been, been key to that as well. I think that, I think the, the convincing of senior leaders to invest in this, I feel and hope is is getting easier. And then the actionability side, uh, yeah, that's certainly where uh, you know where, where we've tried to have a focus, and, and I know others as well. Uh, so this is uh, it's it's a challenge that that organizations are 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 tackling, and and many are doing so successfully. And uh, I think it's going to create a competitive challenge for organizations who aren't adapting to this mindset. Um, so I think the uh, the emergence and continued uh, growth of evidence-based guidance on this topic, I think that's an exciting trend. So uh, I think the the attention is is being responded to by uh, some different views of of employee experience, some rapidly accumulating data, and so I think to be a to be an active consumer and an ongoing learner for this topic, uh, I think will help uh, individuals put these strategies in place for their own organization and pair the um, the strategic value with the, the 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 tactical execution against that. I think those pieces are are coming into place. And I think on the leading edge of that research, there's a very practical uh, and and applicable uh, way to to put that in place. And, and is the index going to be an an annual event, or we haven't decided? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we are we are looking to. This is something that we incorporate into. Um, our work with our own clients, so we'll we'll continue to gather that data and uh, uh, we'll continue to to, to uh, produce research on this that we'll share out through our site. In terms of the overall index, uh, yeah, the for us uh, for the work that we're doing, we are looking to expand this out globally uh, and to keep producing information that that we hope can contribute to uh, the ongoing dialogue on this topic. So. Um, so yeah, certainly from a research perspective, we're going to continue uh, having a focus there, and uh, this is this is also something that for uh, we we also are generating benchmarks around. So we're uh, we're trying to contribute again to the the broader dialogue of how organizations can not only sense this for themselves but also compare it against others. And as that as that bar gets raised, we want organizations to. Uh, to understand where they are relative to others, and, and that will help them align programs to close that gap. Fantastic. Well, I, I'd love to uh, have you back in a year's time, and it's to review what's gone on and what's next. Um, I, I, again, like like all our guests, I think we could talk forever. Um, uh, we've had a quite a long chat in the in the past on the phone. Um, so, just thank you so much for your time. We'll um, we'll have. Uh, the link to uh, Better Up and, and the report and uh, Evan's LinkedIn page to all on the podcast page. 
Um, so we do really encourage you to to go uh, discover it for yourself um, and, and re- read more. But um, I'm just very, very grateful for your time and your patience. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic 2020. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the opportunity to join the dialogue and really appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for your hard work. And thanks to everybody that's been listening. Um, we're really excited to have done this podcast with Evan and uh, we'll be back again soon with uh, some more uh, case studies and with some more uh, influences. Thank you very much and we'll be back soon. Take care. Bye bye.